0: Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the show. Today I'm talking to Rajesh the Duke Fernandez about decision making. My name's Chris Sutton. This is Mental Conversations. Boom! And we're live. So I am sitting looking at the beautiful bone structure of uh, Rajesh the Duke <laughs> Fernandez. Rajesh. Thank you for coming back on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, thanks
1: for having me, Chris. And thanks for bringing up the bone structure after half a second.
0: Yeah, I, li- I like to embarrass you. I like to... Um, you've, you've got your, your new lockdown haircut, shaved head. Um, people do. that don't know what you look like. I'm not going to explain. I'm not going to describe him other than he's a beautiful human being. So, um, we are today, we're going to be talking about decision making. Um, and... I'm excited to have you back on the show and I'm grateful because, as I've just been saying to you, the podcast we did together, part two of Nudge Theory, is the most listened to podcast I've ever done. So uh, congratulations to us yeah big, very pleased about that still
1: confused and we we're saying about this why the part two ends up with so many so many listens but i'll
0: take it yeah it must be recommendation people must have listened to it and been like oh, you know what you should listen to that it was really helpful for for some reason but if anyone out there wants to tell us why it was so popular then uh, tweet me uh, at mental comms um but today we're going to talk about decision making um and i'd said to you look you know carte blanche come and talk about whatever you like we'll have a chat we just we, we like chatting anyway so um why decision making what is it what, what do you want to talk about
1: yeah it's um it's an interesting one really yeah like you said you asked me to talk about something i'm interested in and um it took me some time to think about what i really want to want to talk about and then i started to kind of thinking about what kind of um, what do i struggle with every day what sort of challenges do i have and anything that i could start to do a bit of research into and the thing that i kind of honed in on was uh my struggle with daily decision making and how it's so prevalent in just everything we do and if you do struggle with it then it can really sort of uh, put barriers up uh, in your life and in your day to day. So I honestly see decision making as kind of my worst enemy.
0: There's, there's a certain um, irony that um, it took you a few months to decide. Oh,
1: <laughs> and then, only throughout this and then and
0: then decision making with the subject I absolutely love that it's kind
1: um, of perfect. You should have seen how long I stared at the email back to you where I chose <laughs> who's in decision making
0: and <laughs> I love it i mean but 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 you're absolutely right and 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 making decisions i mean for one thing, obviously um big decisions, small decisions whatever they they have massive impacts on on where our lives go and what we do and and who we end up spending time with what our on ultimately i suppose our happiness and kind of contentment in life is is based around some of those decisions we make so um it's a really really cool subject for us to talk about so so you said about research so what have you what have you looked into then about um about this about how to make decisions
1: So I think I talked on the last time I was on here when we were focused on nudging around uh, how on average we make something like 10,000 decisions a day, a lot of them uh, unconscious and a lot of them conscious. And our brain creates sort of the biases and like mental shortcuts. Um, First of all, to make it manageable, but also just to make it easier for us. But then what is actually easier for us isn't always in our best interest and it isn't always considering the long term. Um, And that's just how we process things um, day to day um and so i thought when i started doing some research i was thinking um why why are some daily decisions so difficult and as i started to do some googling i, I found a lot of links to decision making and anxiety um and loads of stuff came up some really interesting thoughts around why um we all have different thresholds of when we're ready to make a decision and the more anxious you are the higher your threshold is and the higher your threshold is the more you'll spend the more time you'll spend um over analyzing so I ended up in this sort of area of research all about the links of decision-making and mental health, and it's just a really uh, mm. interesting field and someone I could relate to a lot as well.
0: So you've always... So you've struggled with making decisions yourself. What do you put that down to, then? What Have you, like, had to think, like, analyze that within yourself?
1: A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, and like you said before when we talk about decisions i'm i'm not talking about really the big life changing decisions like moving house or changing changing job because those kind of decisions don't really come up that often i'm i am really talking about the day-to-day like what to have for lunch food is a big part of what i was thinking of when i decided i to talk about decision making um tv or whether to exercise or not or what time to go to bed it's these Decisions that, in the long term, seem kind of almost meaningless, inconsequential. And that's, but, but actually, that, that, these are the ones you make hundreds of times a day.
0: And that's why, and that's why I wonder where it comes from. Because if we get really like caught up in making these making these small decisions, then then ultimately, you you know, they take longer. You can build them up to be something bigger than they actually are. Um, yeah. But I'm really fascinated to what's going on underneath. You know um, i always like the expression you know when people say procrastinate i like to say i procrastinate you know Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's you can have that for free um i don't think it would work as well with me saying it yeah progestion no it doesn't work um (laughs) but (laughs) but but actually so so like would it make a difference right if you were deciding what you were going to watch on tv would it make a difference? Or if you're going to watch TV or do something else, if you were on your own, would you still struggle with that decision-making?
1: Oh yeah, sometimes that's probably the hardest because, and to go back to kind of your the question of why it affects me so bad is because of, because of overthinking. It's things like fear of making the wrong choice, fear of missing out and making the wrong decision, um, regret that will come afterwards. Just always seeking that perfect decision even when you know deep down it doesn't exist, in that moment you're just seeking the top decision possible and you have this absolute terrified fear you're gonna call it wrong. Even though the consequences are actually low, it doesn't matter sometimes. And you're so I've got some some, I've got some great examples of some of my some of my daily decision making that you you might find um entertaining. So I said about food. So making the right choice of food and I'm thinking back to the days when we used to be in the office. And I'd go to Morrison's to get a meal deal. Seems like a simple grab and go kind of task, but for me, that is one of the most difficult things decisions I'd go through on a day because I don't see it as one decision. I see it as hundreds of choices because you've got to say yes to one, but also no to the hundreds of other options that are in front of you. <laughs> and I want, and I want to make the optimum choice, and I don't want to make it the wrong decision. And if I think I've made the wrong decision, then even if what I'm eating is nice, I'll just be thinking about it, and I won't be enjoying myself so that's one that happens Uh, and then not just food it's also when i buy the food where am i going to eat it when what entertainment am i going to listen to all this stuff which some seem to just be able to do like it's nothing i really have to think about and analyze and make sure it's right and often you end up more stressed than if you just made it if you did it simply and weren't really thinking about it um another one is exercising so a lot of the time if I decide on a day I'm too tired to exercise when originally I thought I would and I decide to skip it and rest instead. Well, the whole point in, in resting is is to like recuperate, relax or sort of feel stronger the next day. But I, even after I've made that kind of decision, I, I dwell on it, I stress about it, I feel guilty and like, lethargic. I'm not sort of like at peace with that choice. And so it's not, it's not real rest really because I've swapped maybe like physical rest yeah. For, for for mental stress in a way because it just plays over yeah, in your Yeah, yeah, of course,
0: yeah.
1: And it, again, it's a small decision. Um, another one, and this is this is funny, but honestly, this happens all the time. And this is again about ana- uh, how much we analyze our choices. If I'm if I'm walking along a street, and fifty meters ahead, so quite far down, I see like a group coming the opposite way, and there isn't there isn't room for both of us to cross. So at some point when we get close, one of us see are going to have to wait or cross to the side, step out onto the road. Um, I will spend that whole time while walking, even if it's another minute, thinking about it, scanning what's going to happen, analyzing it, like deciding if I'm going to move or they're going to move.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and obviously, obviously, that's not a big deal. We weren't exactly just going to walk into each other. All I had to do was in that moment, step yeah. out or let them step out. I didn't need to spend all that time thinking about it, but I do every single time.
0: Ah, uh, you and know this. This uh, is this is a can of worms. Basically. It's a can of worms. This because you're you're absolutely right. There's and there's a lot of things there, and I hope and, you know anyone listening to this that doesn't listen regularly and heard me laughing. Then you know I'm not la- I'm not laughing at you. I promise you, I'm laughing because because no, it, no. it, it, it's so much of it is actually like looking in a mirror, like you, you know, it, like like seeing my own reflection there because I'm like that. In fact, I went for a walk with um, some people that, that you know as well the, the other day along the canal, socially distanced. Um, and because we were socially distanced, we were like the width of the path, the three of us. And right. every couple of minutes, someone on a bike or someone walking would like, come walking faster would come from behind us. And I was spending the whole time like looking back over my shoulder because I was just like spending the whole time, oh, a bike might be coming You know, like, whereas one of the people I was walking with was kind of like uh, doing the same as me and the other one was kind of oblivious and was like, well, they'll ring their bell or or say excuse me, won't they? Like, but I was kind of like, no, I've got to make sure I'm in prime position to get out the way, you know? And you kind of think that's ridiculous. But I wonder if it's... The word that keeps coming up in my mind is perfectionism, that you're trying to get everything nailed on exactly right but even that is yeah okay fair enough understand that i think but what's going on under there like what do you what do we think's going to happen what do we think's going to happen that's going to be so terrible if we don't get out of that person's way or if you go for the blooming teriyaki chicken rather than the <laughs> the katsu curry wrap like what you know what what is it about the because i tell you so i know i'm on a bit of a rant but i'll tell you why is that There's, you listen to some theories around this and they'll say, they'll essentially say there are no right or wrong answers. There's only, and this sounds wanky fair enough, but there's only the path you take, you know, there is no right or wrong because you've, if you go left, you've gone left like, and you'll never know what right was. Like you might be able to look at it and guess or make an approximate. You might go, Oh, I should have gone for the duck wrap with the hoisin sauce and I've had it before, so maybe having that would have been better. But you had the katsu and you'll know not to do it next time. Like...
1: Yeah, but also, even if you, if you chose the duck, you would have spent your whole time thinking, oh, I probably could have got the katsu, I wanted to try something new. So actually, you need to stop, fo- we constantly focus on the what if. yeah and this is something I was listening to a podcast he said stop focusing on the what ifs just focus on the what is because otherwise you'll just drive yourself insane
0: yeah did, I, did I say compelling. that that sounds amazing <laughs> I can't, that must have been someone else um, I just I'm just hoping the whole thing's not a metaphor for your relationship because I know you're the half and she's lovely so stop comparing her to hoisin duck and like, <laughs> I know you're listening I know you're listening I'm sorry I'm winding up but the but, but the yeah, but, It is that thing of what, why, like, because the the serious note on it is, it does affect your life. It does affect how you actually live day to day, minute to minute, hour to hour. So if you could remove that kind of anxiety around it and that fear of getting it wrong, you kind of, the assumption being, I'm sure from both of us, is that you'd live a more contented, peaceful life. So, and, you know, you're an intelligent guy. And if you can rationally think that's what I should be doing, why is it not possible?
1: Well, that's that's exactly it. And um, I can talk a little bit about some of the research around solutions and how how to like improve yourself. But speaking kind of frankly, I haven't done any of this or tried any of it. I'm still living out in the way that we've both just been describing. So mm. it's a uh, it, even you can you can try. All these kind of solutions but you really have to uh see if it works for you i don't know if this will work for me um there's some something around kind of the link between all of this stuff and anxiety which we've kind of mentioned a couple of times that i want to sort of expand on um and it was this person called michael stein who, who was um who explained it really well in a way i could really relate to so i don't know if this relates well to you um too but he said the people with anxiety we often have perfectionist tendencies, which is what you were saying before, and this plays into decision-making. So faced with kind of multiple alternatives to every decision, you want to feel absolutely certain you're choosing the right path. Already we've uh, we kind of talked about there is no mm. right path, but this is what we feel when we're actually facing this. It's easy to say it in hindsight, but next time you're making your food choice or you're crossing the road or something, you will still go back to that. you need to choose the right path.
0: Yeah. Um, and while it's kind of healthy to analyze different
1: options, um, we each have our own threshold for when we've analysed enough to say, okay, I'm going to make that decision now. I've reached my threshold. I've analysed it enough. I'm going to I'm going to make that decision. Yeah. Even though I'm not certain, I'm ready to do it now. But for people with sort of quite a lot of anxiety with this kind of stuff, their threshold is is way too high. Um, so you don't want to finalise the decision until you're a hundred percent certain that you've made the right call. Yeah. Despite the fact that 100% certain is completely unrealistic. So what you end up in is this endless cycle um of decision making with a fear of the consequences of of making the wrong call and there's a really good phrase i thought he used which is paralysis by analysis overthinking over analyzing everything you do all all because of your uncertainty um and again this links there's a lot of like science behind uncertainty so when the brain when the brain senses something is uncertain and perceives it as a risk or dangerous it warns you, and that's what anxiety is, isn't it? It's an alarm. It's an alarm that something is, there's a risk or a danger. Um, so what your brain tries to do is to, to get you away from that as quickly as possible. So uh, to get away from uncertainty is to, to be certain about it. And that's why me, you and others analyze, 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 because yeah. it's trying to make something that's uncertain certain. But if you're doing that with every single decision, even this sort of menial day-to-day ones, it's a massive overload on your mind. It's exhausting, it's only going to isn't it? Make you More stressed in the long run. Yeah, it's massively ju- exhausting.
0: And I think, yeah, it's interesting there that the one of the things I've written down, and as you know, I I, I tend to try deliberately not to write too many notes um, around this, you know, to just kind of keep it a natural conversation. But um, I have written down um, tolerance of uncertainty. You know, because one of one of those it's one of the most powerful things that you can learn or you can cultivate if possible um, is how to live with uncertainty because so many things in life are uncertain and so many decisions you make you have an uncertain outcome. You know, you're not, you know, you might have a good gauge of how something might be, but you're not certain about it. You just, you just don't know. Um, We talked previously about going for like going for a new job, for example. And you're just like, well, this is something I know. I'm I'm in a place where I know and I'm comfortable and I know what my paycheck's going to be. And, you know, um don't want to be insensitive in COVID times, but say, you know, for those of us lucky to have work. And, you, you, you know, but then you, you look and you think, well, actually, I might be more challenged over there in a positive way and I might get more out of it. Oh, but I might not. Or I might get there and they might be really mean or they might steal my lunch money. <laughs> like, which actually be a blessing for you because then you wouldn't have to decide what to have really <laughs> but um yeah so so tell me some of the other stuff you said there you you were saying that
1: yeah it would well actually just to kind of touch on what you just said about wanting to find a new challenge but also then just we're like thinking what about all the changes stuff that's that's the um, like status quo bias which again is something we talked about on the last mm. last pod- which is the fear around decision making is you clinging on to to what you already have and fearing any sort of change because change is again risk and uncertainty so um there was this there was a bit of a there was a news story i think that was say about people's mental health through lockdown and it was saying that people who tried to cling on to their old lives when we switched when we moved into lockdown and everything changed and everyone's lives changed the people that tried to live as if they're old lives were still going on, are the ones that have suffered the most mentally because there was just no way that was possible. Yeah. Mr. <laughs> people who could adapt to the new and sort of just getting used to doing new things and trying new things that were at most uh, at peace with, with, with the change. Uh,
0: that's, you know, that's... So
1: I don't know how you feel about, about that. No,
0: that's fascinating because, to me because the, um, um, the biggest skill you can have in life... Um, this isn't my definition, um, but I've heard people say is, is being adaptable and like being able to adapt to change. Um, and, you know, we've we and um, uh, Helen Donat, who we we both know and we've had, who's been on this show before, you know, we've talked about the book Who Moved My Cheese and like and that's yeah. all about... Um, cheese can the cheese in that book can relate to a job or um love or money or whatever you want it to and it's like you know the cheese gets taken away from these little people or whatever and it's just how they adapt to trying to find that again and people you know kind of you think um or it's really easy to think well this is my life no one can change this this is my life and then something like this pandemic comes along Everything turns upside down for some people, and some people will go, okay, I better roll with this and move fast and 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 try and adapt. And other people will go, well, no, it, I'm I'm waiting for it to come back to normal. Well, it may never come back to normal. So actually, what are you better, you know, better to adapt now and try and do something new or something different. And then if it does go back to normal, well, you you can if you want to change back to that, or you might be yeah. able to, or you continue on the path you're doing. But again it's only one path um you know there's lots of different options but you only ever take one you can only ever take one so there's no point and it's i'd be interested to talk to you a little bit about regret that you mentioned because essentially there's not a lot of point in regretting it because you've done it um but what, why did you bring up uh, regret at the beginning
1: because regret is something that sort of uh it just plagues my mind probably in all of my decisions it's uh the what what if i've made the wrong decision and how bad i'm going to feel about that and how much i wish i made the right one so a good kind of example for me is if you say say you have clashing kind of social plans so you could go do one thing or another um see one group of friends or another or have a night in or go out those kind of uh kind of options pretty much every time if there's two that are competing win me there there's no perfect solution because if i choose one over the other i spend the whole time regretting not choosing the other assuming it was better having a bad time because i'm thinking about all of this um someone who sort of did the other thing that i didn't do might say that they had a really good time there and then rather than me just kind of think oh, well, I had a time where I was. I would think, oh, I wish, I'd, I, wish I did that. That would have been way better. Because they, they say they had a good time, so I would have as well.
0: And are you able but to... You, are you, sorry, go on.
1: Sorry, no, I was just going to say, but what I what I struggle to process is that they're saying that because they're their own person and they've made their own decision and they've decided they enjoyed it. Yeah. So I wouldn't have felt what they felt.
0: And, yeah, and it's their perception of it. and
1: but that's what you've got.
0: And, you know, it's their perception of it, not yours. And you don't know, maybe for them it was the best night ever. The only time where I feel, the time that I feel the regret uh, regret is kind of founded um, is watching, I'm a Spurs fan as you know, um, you're an Arsenal awful. fan let's not talk about it um, and you um, must have major life regrets
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, and, uh, and, you watch Spurs against Southampton and it's 1-0 to Southampton at half time and you go, oh, I'm not watching this we're awful and we win 5-1 that's when the regret, you know when, when you yeah. know, when there's something concrete you can actually see that something oh, I wish I'd watched that or you'll watch a match; and it's five four or something, and you didn't. You thought oh, I won't bother watching it. But if it's just someone's perception of it, you know, I can kind of wriggle my way out of that regret. I think by thinking, well, one, they might be embellishing it. Uh, two, you know, and and the other thing is, you're essentially living in a fabricated world. There aren't you, because you it. It's it's not real life. You 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 can only do the thing you've chosen. So. I, but, but I don't, I still, we're still not getting to an answer of what we can do about it, are we? I mean, obviously maybe we'd be millionaires if we did. Um, yeah. But it is frustrating, isn't it? That you kind of think, yeah. rationally I can think, yeah, this isn't helpful to me. But essentially you're thinking about, you're spending so much time thinking about what you could be doing and whether it's better than what you're doing, that you're not actually doing the thing you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're not, not
1: present not... in that moment. Because you're just thinking about what the what ifs again, and often the 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 fear of the regret before you make the decision. Um, if you just made that decision kind of quickly and comfortably, and if it turned out that you maybe weren't happy with the outcome, the actual consequence of that probably went as severe as the as the fear you had beforehand. It's where that it would probably turn out that the regret was so big that um, that you should have that you should have made the other decision. And actually, if you weigh that up against the amount of time you spent analyzing it and thinking about it, it it would just be easier to just make a quick decision and if you spent an extra two hours thinking about something, would you have come to a better decision and the answer a lot of the time is no the, the the decision you made would have been the same
0: and and this is and I think this is a really good point to make actually is that you know making if you were to change your behavior or if I were to change my behavior and go Do you know what I'm going to start being a live by the seat of my pants kind of guy, and I'm just going to make quick, snappy decisions all the time. It probably wouldn't work, you know. It kind of needs to be maybe more of that or closer to that, should I say? But but it but there's nothing wrong with being a little bit reserved in your decision making and actually yeah. take, and actually bringing in, um, bringing in all the information that you've got. So, you know, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about transactional analysis, but, you know, this parent adult child um, competing kind of uh, perceptions or voices in your mind that are, that yeah. are kind of uh, competing for which one you actually listen to. And you've got like, a, you know, a parent voice that will be like telling you what to do. And it will be based on all of your memories from the past and what's the right thing to do, what's what, what you know. Then you'll have your child voice, which is, like, really emotional. I'm butchering this, but, you know, you'll get the point. It, it, fits, it fits what I'm talking about. Um, you know, you'll have your child voice, which is emotional and might go, oh, I'll go for the exciting one with the popping candy on it. Or, or like, or oh, I don't want to get that one wrong. Let's go for the one that I know I'm going to like. Yeah. But then the main thing is the adult voice in your head, which hopefully and can spend a little bit of time and not too much that can go, I've never tried the Katsu popping candy. Um sounds weird. Um probably not going to like it. Yeah, I've had the cheese and pickle 50 times in the last 6 months that I could go for that and I know what I'm going to get. Um and you just basically balance up also how you're feeling, what the weather's like outside, what what meetings you might have next, you measure it all together. But make yourself make that decision a little bit faster and go. This is my decision. Yeah. I'm just going to stick with it, and I'm not going to. I'm going to try not to think about uh, the other stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. I like what you said about um, in an ideal world. Yeah, you could just say, "Oh, I'm going to make all decisions quickly now and easily." But that's not not realistic, and you actually have to find kind of a balance because the solution of the uh, from what some of the research research I was reading which uh, is the best therapy for anxiety about decision-making is simply to make decisions faster when you actually think about that in reality it's not the simplest requires really a lot of behavior change one thing it's it's interesting you were talking about sort of parent child this transactional analysis because one thing i was going to say was um, so when you're a child you live in a world where your decisions are built in kind of rules and constructs that say your parents give you so everything is within this within these rules and there's not many really many risks then when you become a teenager and this is part of developing brain and it's on purpose but you start to take more risks and actually stop living by rules and take lots of risks and that's mm. how you develop um, and then when you become an adult you kind of find a balance in the middle some risks some rules and you try and find the perfect kind of uh, but then people with anxiety end up on too much of this side of lots of rules, no risks. Yeah. And, uh, and some people who seem to live a really sort of easygoing life are the opposite side. Um, so what you sort of really have to do is is look for that middle ground rather
0: than uh, going yeah. either way. And, and, and don't be too hard on yourself if you if you if you do think you've made the wrong choice, and yeah. you do you know because if you do live in that regret all the time, have you do you know the comedian James Acaster? Um, yeah. He he. I he's, about food. <laughs> he said this brilliant thing once. I I think it was on Mock the Week or something, or maybe on his stand up special, and he said something around. He, he's talking about power, and he says, you know, one of the most powerful moments of his of his life was when he was um, ten or something, when his mum finally let him pour his own orange squash, and he was like like I just love this you know and he was just like she's been she's been weakening my art like the whole I've had 10 years of weak or in squash you know he was able to do it he put double the amount in and was like oh wow you know like and then you could spend the next like you spend the next three months putting double the amount of kiora that you need in your you probably don't get kiora anymore but anyway um and then you kind of but you probably then temper it after a few months and you come. St- come down a bit because you're just like i don't need that much i'm just having it for the flavor hit and actually it tastes better if the freedom to make
1: that choice yeah
0: and it's good analogy actually because it it, it, you actually temper it down to being like yeah you know i don't need it to be like
1: yeah
0: so so i think you know um it is it's very hard to live a life without regretting stuff isn't it and it's even more it's impossible to live a life without making any decisions um so it it really comes down to how are we going to move it forward how are we going to do it so what you're saying is um take a little bit of time but basically try and make quicker decisions
1: yeah yeah and i can I'll, i'll expand on that a little bit if that's all right um Yes, try. Try. It's trying to. It's basically about trying to teach your brain to change your behaviour a little bit, but with small steps rather than these big things. Saying go out there and take risks and do everything quickly because it's not. It's not realistic if you're so far a certain way. Um, but try when you're making some of these small decisions around what food to have or what to watch or something. Try and keep the analysis around it as brief as you possibly can. Really, mm. kind of think about that when you're doing it so brief that it can feel a little bit risky, a little bit like, like oh, me. Um, and then just make the decision and take the action, even though you're not sure about it. Just just try and do that. But then when you're doing that, what you'll find is no actual physical harm comes to you. You might have some regrets and things, that's why, right, but no real harm is going to come to your significance. And if you if you do that over and over, if you start to do that more in your day-to-day, your brain's going to learn that uncertainty around these decisions isn't actually a, a danger. It's not a real risk. It's not as broad as you you were thinking it was. You built that up in your head, and so would, each time you start to do it, you'll have a little bit less anxiety because you met a high risk decision. Um, so as you need to just start doing this repeatedly in different kind of situations, and hopefully it would get easier and easier. Yeah, um, and you still might make the wrong decision sometimes, and that, and that, and that's where you, that's the other side of the coin, where you have to kind of teach yourself to accept a bad decision, yeah. and that's a whole other thing. Just saying, I've I've made the wrong call here. What I'm not going to do now is spend the rest of the month because what's the point? That's something I do badly. If I make the wrong call, I'll just I can just get into the worst mood about it, even if it doesn't matter. And my day would be ten times better if I forgot about it. Yeah. So do you do you, can you do you experience that?
0: I do. Yeah, I do definitely. And I think the thing to do um you know i recorded a podcast recently with um kim campion and she's a therapist and she she said um you know if you're like ruminating about something a really negative thought then the thing to do is you know in interrupt it think about something else you know listen to some music play a game have a nap uh, or do some meditation they were her kind of uh, suggestions and and yeah i i do think because once you get into that spiral, that downward spiral, you can really, really struggle to get back up again. But actually, all you're doing is living in your own head. It's not reality. It's just what's yeah. happening in your mind. Um, we've actually run out of time. But, um, yeah. Flew by. <laughs> but look, I, I really appreciate you coming, um, taking the time to come and speak to us again. And uh, so, yeah, thank you for that, Rajesh. Yeah, thanks for
1: having me on.
0: No worries. And uh, thank you guys out there for listening. Please follow me on Twitter at Mental Follow me on Instagram at Mental Conversations. And another episode will be winging its way to you soon. Thanks, G.